0: If I tell you that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you pretty much know what I mean, right? Unless you don't. You know, of course, and then those people that just laughed, they do know, they know. When we say that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, most of the time what we mean is that after a long walk through a dark period or, or season There's finally a glimpse that the dark tunnel that we're in might be ending. There's a light coming if we just keep moving forward. Unless that light at the end of the tunnel is moving faster towards us than we are towards it, in which case the light at the tunnel may be the headlight of a train coming at us, ready to crush us. Kind of reminds me of that old Mary Chapin Carpenter song, Sometimes You're the Windshield and Sometimes You're the Bug. But most of the time, most of the time, when we sense hope and progress and a change in circumstances, there's a blessing of a new day that's coming. There's a light at the end of the tunnel as we move through a season of darkness and uncertainty. And today... We begin Holy Week, which is a week where there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today, we meet a group of Jesus' followers who have waited for generations for the Messiah to come. They have wandered and they have longed for the Messiah to come for so, so long, to come to Jerusalem and to overthrow the authorities and to bring about a new day. Spiritually, and politically and in all different ways, Jesus is the Messiah who's coming. Jesus is the light at the end of the tunnel, and they see that light as they prepare for the the way of the coming of the Lord. And so this morning, they are celebrating. And though they have no real idea what will yet still come this week, if they stick with it, what they find is there is a light at the end of this tunnel. They're going to have to go past a couple of trains first. If you know the story of Holy Week, and we'll get to that in a minute. And the people of Jesus who are in this story don't quite yet know all that is coming. But, but they're right to celebrate today. Because the light has come. And so let's celebrate with them as we share in a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. The story of Palm Sunday. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, where he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at a place called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of the disciples on, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, there you will find tied a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying this? Just say, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it, as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, the people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path, down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven." Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Some of you are old enough to remember a time before Cool and the Gangs, 1980 hit, Celebrate. I don't remember that time. I was born in 77. So all my life, I've had that song, Celebrate. It's a great song. We hear it all the time. Now, I don't know if it's actually great musically or or, or sonically or if it's composed beautifully. But if you want to sing with me, anytime you hear... Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. dum dum dum, 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 dum. woo Right? You know. Come on. Call in response. We've got to work on this. We know exactly what's going on with those bars, with those phrases, don't we? We know it's time to celebrate. We know it's time to enjoy because the party is starting. Because our team won the game. Or because the the wedding reception dinner hour is finally over and it's time to get to the dance floor. It's time to celebrate. We play celebrate when we know it's time to have a good time. And it's time to embrace the wonder of the moment we're experiencing. And in this moment, we can celebrate and enjoy and not worry about what's to come. At least for a little while. And though it may be skating on thin ice to describe a song like Celebrate as something a DJ might have played were there a soundtrack to Palm Sunday, I think that after finally waiting for a Messiah for so, so very long, they just might have played Celebrate Good Times. Come on. As he was making his way down from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, because Jesus was finally here. His ministry had finally come to fruition, and it was time for change in Jerusalem. There was reason to celebrate, and that is why on that first Palm Sunday, they threw their cloaks on the ground, and they waved the palm branches, and they had a good time. And that's why we still do it, even today. Now at this point in your life, I think most of you know what Palm Sunday is, why it matters, and and, and we know actually what it's not. We know Palm Sunday is reason to celebrate. It's the day when Jesus arrives, that his his ministry has just about come to fruition. They celebrate and chant and and, and are excited because of all the deeds of power they had seen. followers were ready. Palm Sunday is a coronation of sorts. Jesus' ministry is finishing itself up, and he is going to be the king. Oh, Jesus senses that his work and his ministry is coming to a climax, and it's going to have some things going on this week that his disciples might not be ready for. But they all know that he's the king who's long been promised. He is the light at the end of the tunnel. He is the path out of the wilderness that they have been walking through. Practically and spiritually for so, so, so many years. So Palm Sunday matters. It it matters that our Savior enters the Holy City in a way that symbolizes He is the coming King it matters that the people no matter what they will do in the days to come at least in this moment get a glimpse of what it is that Jesus is doing and it matters that they know and see that he is not just some other fly-by-night revolutionary who's going to try to take over the city the way that so many others have in days past there were false prophets and false messiahs and and pretenders that sought glory and fame through political revolution But Jesus is on to something totally different. He's preparing for a revolution that lasts beyond the powers and the principalities of the local religious leaders and the government at the time. Now he's also headed towards a difficult crucifixion, which gives way to the transformation of resurrection. And so, even though we know Good Friday is coming, There's reason to celebrate today. Today matters. And as the people look back, they're going to want to have looked back and seen, yes, I did celebrate on Palm Sunday. I knew he was the king that was coming. I didn't know what was coming, but I knew that much. Because Palm Sunday fulfills the promises of the things that that are going to happen. It promises that things will happen. Palm Sunday is a, is a hint, it's a glimpse, it's a, it's a prophecy and it's a promise. But Palm Sunday is not the main event. Palm Sunday is the foretaste of what's really going to happen. Palm Sunday signals what will happen on the highest, holiest, most important day of the year and of the world. And I say this because sometimes it's easy to lure ourselves into celebrating with the pageantry of Palm Sunday. It's a lot of fun to watch the kids walk in and wave the palms. It's a lot of fun to like, anticipate what's coming. The joy is in the search. The joy is in the anticipation. And, and Palm Sunday, with all of the excitement and the promise that lies ahead... Everyone has a sense that this is a big day. The Passover is coming. But we must always remember that that when it comes to real life, it's not the promise that something is coming. It's not the promise that something will happen that matters most. It's, It's how we do in the fulfillment of the promise. It's how we do when the rubber meets the road in the days ahead. a little bit of a change of gears of swords, but it makes me think of actually weddings. It's a privilege to be a minister, to stand in a chancel like this one, or, or a makeshift chancel at a wedding venue or somewhere else, and be with a couple as they exchange vows. I can't quite describe for you how holy and beautiful it is, but, but I hope you'll trust me that it is a beautiful, meaningful moment. One that when you walk through it yourself, you hardly remember because everything going on around you has been so busy. But when you share in those vows, you stand together for richer and poorer, in sickness and in health, to love, honor, and cherish till death do us part. The whole thing is not the ceremony. It's not just the reception It's not just the party that's the main event. The main event is the life together that comes after the wedding is over. The main event is a life together that endures. And today, in Holy Week terms, Palm Sunday is a little bit like that party and that celebration. And the real work is yet to come. For Jesus and his disciples, it's about to get real. Jesus is going to walk through the temple and throw over some tables and, and cleanse it in the days to come. Jesus is going to walk by a fig tree that, that should have been producing fruit and he's going to let it go. Then, in a way very similar to the way he picked up this colt, he's going to ask for an upper room and he's going to go share in the Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room and he's going to say some things to them that seem eerie and cryptic and they're not quite sure about. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to go into a garden and they're going to have a hard time staying awake and he's going to sweat drops of blood. And on Friday many of the folks who are waving the palms on Sunday are going to be standing in the back of the crowd as As they yell, just go ahead and crucify him. On Friday, that Mary Chapin Carpenter song, Sometimes You're the Windshield and Sometimes You're the Bug, is going to feel real. The disciples are going to feel like bugs. For the disciples, the light at the end of the tunnel that they thought was the end of the tunnel is going to feel like a train. And it's going to feel like once again they are without hope. Once again the religious leaders and the political leaders have won. And they're back at the beginning waiting for another Messiah to come. But maybe they won't forget their marriage vows. Maybe they won't forget the promise to stick together. Maybe they'll remember that that they are to stay together till death do them part for good. And so what do we do? What do we see? What do we know? What should we do? We should remember to celebrate. We should remember that it's not just the good times when we wave the palms, but at all times that we stick together. We should remember that God is at work in all of these things. And remember that there are times that when when only we can see death, there's a God who sees things differently from us. There's a God who's ready to bring some life. If we'll stick to it, and if we're looking for it. Sometimes we celebrate only at the easy times. Sometimes we celebrate at the wrong times, and sometimes we only celebrate when it's convenient. And sometimes we mistake a day like Palm Sunday, a day of promise, for being the most important thing when when it's not. When settling for Palm Sunday is actually settling for something less than what God actually has for us. Because to celebrate Palm Sunday does skip all of the significance of Holy Week. And to take and it takes Easter for granted. But today We must remind ourselves that we celebrate today and tomorrow and the next day. Because just like it's implied in our vows, there will be times when it's poor and we have to still celebrate with one another and with the Lord. There are times when, when the Lord, who we're devoted to, is going to take us in a direction where we might not be sure that we're going. And I might not be sure about where we're going yet. We've got to follow and celebrate. And there's going to be times when we end up down paths with Jesus that are not the ones we planned for, but following the difficult places, following Him to the difficult places, and figuring out how God is yet still at work in those trying times. That's what the life of faith is about. And that's where God works, and how God works most. And that's definitely how God works during Holy Week. Because that Passover meal they shared in in the upper room, it's not worth remembering because it was the easiest one they ever had. It's worth remembering because it's the most important one they ever had. And all those events that happen on Good Friday We don't remember them because they were fun. And they weren't necessarily a celebration where we would play cool in the game. But, like any good friendship or marriage or relationship or thing worth loving, we remember Good Friday is the day that we show up. Because even God works on Good Friday. And so we celebrate that God can work on Good Friday, on the cross, and not just in the good times. And on Holy Saturday, when all the disciples are up, packed up for the Sabbath, and hidden behind a locked room, tucked away in what had to have been agony, gut-wrenching agony, you felt it. Uncertainty. Maybe they're not throwing a party with balloons, but there's community there's fellowship and there's love and there's cause to celebrate because they were together and, and, and there was, well, we know now, there was, even in the darkest day that we've ever had, still a reason for hope. Because God's story doesn't end on Palm Sunday or on Holy Monday or on Good Friday or on Monday Thursday or even on Saturday. God's story ends... And then just begins on Easter Sunday. And so we have to remember that faith is more than just one processional. And and we have to know that the power and love of Jesus is such that in good times and bad we can celebrate. And we have to remember that the party doesn't go away just because the palms get put up. And the presence of God doesn't wane even on dark days. And the power of Jesus is not gone when the cross has its way. And so celebrate all days, not just today. Celebrate good times and all times, because good times and bad, the Lord is with us no matter what. This morning we end where we began with a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm here to affirm to you today that the light at the end of the tunnel that is Holy Week, it is a light and not an oncoming train. Oh, look, in the next few days, there's going to be some trains coming. There's enough room in the tunnel for us to move aside and let it pass. There's going to be some close calls. There's going to be some instances where it feels like we're flattened. But Jesus is not flattened. God is not hit by that train. And if you're celebrating the coming of the King today, you have reason to celebrate every day that lies ahead. And you're not going to be flattened either. And so today we affirm that as we welcome the King Jesus into Jerusalem, it may not be easy to follow this King. It may not be the easiest way, the way we would have chosen to do it, but... This King is the one who's going to rise from the dead. This King is the one who's going to make Easter Sunday morning matter. And this King is the one who's going to bring us the highest holy day for all of us who wave palms. And it's going to give us a reason to celebrate at all times and not just the good ones. So we can celebrate today and now and forevermore because of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day that we have. And we give you thanks that we can celebrate today. And we can celebrate beyond today. Lord, in our lives, we have experienced times when there was great celebration and great promise only to be presented with difficulties and struggles around the corner. And so, Lord, help us to see that when that was what happened in our lives, it's also what happens in yours this week. At the moment when when you were at your highest, we thought, difficulties turned the week into something we couldn't imagine. And then turned it into something beyond what we could imagine. And so, Lord, as this Holy Week is a microcosm for each week in which we live, help us to remember that in good times and bad, there's reason to celebrate. There's reason to love. There's reason to forgive and have grace. And there's reason to gather with one another because you are the light at the end of each of our tunnels. For that we give thanks. For you we give thanks. And for your help which carries us through the tunnels of life, We give thanks and offer these prayers in your name today. Amen.